This is Global Ambitions, your 15-minute window into the minds of localization and international go-to market experts. Discover how they respond to their biggest challenges. Here's today's host. Hi, I'm Antoine Ray, and I will be your host today for this Global Ambitions podcast episode. And my guest today is Deborah Cohen, Head of Localization at AppsFlyer. And today we will be talking about developing an in-house team at a startup, an in-house localization team, that is, of course. Deborah, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Antoine. It's my pleasure to be here today with you. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about AppsFlyer? Because I'm not sure. I know it's a big startup at this stage. You've gone beyond the the initial startup stage to what I would usually refer to as a started up or scale up at this stage. Mm -hmm. Uh, But maybe you can tell a, a little bit more about the company for people who might not know about it. So AppsFly is a leading mobile marketing uh, analytics and attribution platform. For those of you who are not familiar with this industry, basically our platform provides all the necessary like tools to better understand like customers and to drive like successful marketing strategies. So, you know, with the help of our platform, it's possible to track and to measure users' journey and product experience. And I can say that our top priority, like one of our main goals like within the organization is to make sure we preserve our customers' privacy because, you know, nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, you hear a lot of crazy stories. So we really want to make sure that our customers feel safe with us. And basically we focus on that. We have like many different products and features, but this is what we, we focus on. Okay, great. And obviously you're doing this in a number of languages. Otherwise we wouldn't be here talking about this. Can you maybe tell us a little bit about your current setup and responsibility from a localization perspective? I've been working in this company for four years and I'm running the localization department inside the marketing department in the company. Right now, we support 11 languages. Mainly, we work with a lot of regions. I would highlight, you know, CPAC, APAC, LATAM, EMEA mainly. And what we do, my job specifically, we basically translate and slash localize all the content, all the marketing material content that we have, including, you know, all the content from the website, blog posts, reports, guides, emails that we send out to our audience, we localize it into these 11 languages. And so you're mentioning marketing there. Does that mean that the product localization is done separately with another team? Correct. We do have like another department within the organization that it's basically knowledge based together with the product. And this is actually led by another person. And yes, and what I do, what I mainly focus on, it's on marketing material. Okay, and you guys have connection between marketing and product to ensure that there is a certain level of consistency, I guess, as opposed to operating in silos, which I've seen in some companies. A hundred percent, of course, we need to have a very close coordination and collaboration between both departments. We do want to make sure that we're using the same style and we use the same tone and and we talk to, you know, the same way to our target audience, because even though it's different content, by the end of the day, you know, marketing content is always more fun. It's it's more creative. Knowledge-based content is more technical. It's more about like, you know, articles, instructions of how to, Mm -hmm. you know, how to use our platform and our integration. 
migrations and so on. So definitely it is run by different people and we have different team members, but we do have to make sure that, you know, we are fully synchronized. And because by the end of the day, when we launch marketing campaign, and I'll give you an example, sometimes we send out an email and, you know, the content of the email, usually like it's very short, but, you know, it has links that redirects to, for example, a knowledge base article. So we need to make sure that when we are localizing this content from the marketing department, I need to synchronize with the knowledge base team and make sure that they also localize those articles into the languages that we're sending these emails out to, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yes, it's essential to be fully synchronized. Okay, and I presume, like, let's get to the heart of the subject as well here today. Four years ago, when you started, it was most likely a very different organization, and now you have over a thousand employees, and you've gone through a certain level of growth, like usually in those organizations, which is usually a pretty fast pace there. I'd be interested to understand, like in the last four years then, how did you have to adapt to that company growth and what did that mean for you and your team? I like this question very much because I have seen the progress and I have seen like such a big difference since I started in the company. So yes, so when I joined the company four years ago, I think we were like 250 people, very small startup. Wow. They just started with the business. Obviously, the company was founded in 2010. It was already established and so on when I joined. But, you know, working in a company with so very few people is very different to what's going on today. Nowadays, we're almost 1,500 people and obviously, you know, even though we're still considered as a startup, it's kind of like already behaving like a corporate uh, company. Right. You know, there's a lot of like different protocols and different types of process, a lot of different workflows, many managers, a lot of people joined lately. So, yeah, it's very, very different. But one of the things that I'm mostly proud about, you know, what I did is that I basically built the, the localization team from scratch. We did support several languages, like six or seven languages when I joined the company, but we didn't have an in-house team. We didn't have a proper infrastructure. We didn't have the right TMS. So that was when, you know, when I joined the company, I realized I started to do a lot of research and I started to understand like how things were working, what were the main pain points. And the moment I saw what was going on, I started, you know, I came to the right managers and I explained to them the need to have uh, the right TMS to hire in-house localization specialist to change the way we were working even the way we plan and we organize a project was done completely different the way we do it today because as many of you know localization is mainly about like planning in advance you know it's Mm -hmm. not just the translation part of it it's i always say it's like 20 or 30 percent of the overall work so the planning having kickoff meetings with the relevant stakeholders then choosing the right TMS also was one of the biggest challenges that I had when I joined. So I managed to switch to a different company as well. The hiring process was a lot of fun for me. I'm a people person by the end of the day, and I really enjoyed the interviewing people. My team is spread all over the world. So, you know, I deal with many different people from different cultures. So very fascinating journey, I have to say. It's been quite satisfying. Thanks for that. Yeah. And I will encourage our listeners to contact you if uh, you're open to that, because I can see a lot of similarities in their journey as well. And especially selecting a TMS at that stage is uh, one of the challenges. And if you get that right, I think once you're in full production mode, that's quite important there. But like to the heart of the subject, I suppose you decided to go for an internal team. And I'm sure a lot of people that are listening today 
will either aspire to that or challenge that model, you know, and say, why didn't you outsource or, or what are the benefits of having an internal team? Can you maybe share with us some of those challenges that you see with that kind of setup and vice versa, some of the benefits that you perceived and why you went for that model? Well, first of all, I want to clarify that most of the team members, they are like in-house localization specialists and they're part of the company. But I do work with freelancers and I also work with translation agencies. So it's a combination because by the end of the day, I have 11 languages. So not all of them work the same way. Okay, so I do have a combination of like the three of them. The reason why let's focus on the in-house, because that's what I guess you're interested to hear. The reason why I thought it was essential to have in-house specialists it was because like one of our biggest markets are APAC okay and I'm talking about like GCR China Japan and South Korea specifically we have you know most of the revenues coming from the United States and we really understood that number one people don't speak English in those regions we did have before I joined the company we had this experience of like sending our content to external translation agencies and it didn't matter how much we explained to them you know the terminology and who our target audience is and what our product is about they didn't really understand the concept and they were never doing the right translation for it or the right localization for it okay then on top of that one of the main difficulties that i encountered is the fact that we use many different tools we use wordpress and we use marketo and we have infogram and we have lots of different platforms that even if we outsource the translations then there is this element of like implementing things manually because back then when I joined the company, we didn't have the right TMS that actually automated, you know, the translation right. process. So even if I was outsourcing the content and the translation was accurate, I still had to have someone in-house who, who could do the implementation itself, the copy based itself. So, you know, by having this in-house team, I already, first of all, I improved the quality of the translation. Then they understand the product really, really well. They know who our target audience is. They work very, very closely with the regional marketing managers and they know what our KPIs are in the region and therefore they know what type of content they have to localize. So as you can see, like these localization specialists, they're not just translating content. They also understand like what's good for the region. They also do a lot of implementation themselves. They take a lot of initiative, basically. And this is something that it's not possible to have, you know, when you outsource content to an external translation agency. Now, I'm telling you this, but and this is the model that works for us, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, this is good for other companies. And that's why I don't like giving, you know, advice to other people and tell them, listen, guys, you have to like hire in-house people because it's not for everyone. It's just like I realized that for my company specifically, it was needed. But to make this successful, I presume you had to spend a lot of time training those people with the product and making sure that they had a lot of references and knowledge around the product and your tone of voice, your terminology to get to that point. Yes, that's correct. But at the same time, again, I'm really proud of the company that I work for. One of the things that they're great at is at the onboarding process. Okay, Okay. not just for, you know, the the translators and my team. In general, every single person who start work in Apps Flyer, they have this 
amazing journey of like it's two weeks of very intense onboarding with all sorts of sessions and training sessions and it's unbelievable what the, the work they do so my team obviously they also had the same training and then on top of that they had the extra localization training that was needed and by the end of the day it's a learning curve you know that every single employee that starts in a new company, of course, it takes time to get used to it. But we see the value long term. It, it's right. really worth it. It's good to invest this time. Yeah. And I'm sure like we're seeing a, quite a bit of this as an LSP or as a freelancers where more and more, especially for marketing content, there's a requirement to have that direct line of sight to your internal stakeholders, in your case, marketing managers or directors that are directly located in country, it seems that that foster a sense of responsibility and ownership with the translators that does end up in producing better quality, I guess. Is that what you've experienced as well in this case? Exactly. It's a joint effort between, they work very closely, the marketing managers, the regional marketing mm -hmm. managers work really, really closely with the localization specialist or the freelancer that is actually appointed to any job and, and we can see the benefits of it. It's been an amazing journey so far and things are working really well and, and we couldn't be happier with the results that we're getting. And how do you decide to outsource then? Is that like based on tier two languages or new languages, new volumes? So it's many different factors, but it's basically what you just mentioned. And it's like what we consider like tier two languages or like, you know, sometimes the volume, you know, sometimes we mm -hmm. don't need, again, for Chinese, Japanese and Korean, we localize absolutely everything. For other languages like uh, French or German, we don't localize because the need is not there. We don't need it. Or maybe the marketing manager is not actually working on that type of activity. And maybe they focus more on webinars or they focus more on like, you know, different type of activities, right. basically, that do not require localization work behind it. So that's mainly how we know, you know, how much time and, and effort we need to spend on each language. Well, Deborah, thanks very much. I think this is a very interesting journey that our listeners will be glad to hear and take some ideas and compare to what they've been doing themselves and share that with the rest of the industry. Certainly appreciate your time on this and your insights from an apps flyer point of view. So thanks very much for coming on the program today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you today. Thanks for tuning in to Global Ambitions. Subscribe at globalambitions.net or wherever you get your podcasts.